0: This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: Welcome to the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance. And greetings on this uh, Tuesday from West Virginia, White Sulphur Springs, and the Greenbrier Resort. We are ready to go as our coverage continues leading up to the start of Saints practice on Thursday. The team arrives later today. We're eager to have uh, all the guys in town, the equipment staff, the turf staff, the medical staff. Everybody's in place already uh, uh, anticipating the arrival of Sean Payton and uh, the entire roster. And uh, things will really start cranking up tomorrow with conditioning tests and uh, physicals being finished up some community service to be had here tomorrow as well, and then practice starts on Thursday. We have a full show for you today. We've got lots of things to cover. We'll start with John DeShazer, who will complete our pre-camp session with a look at the Saints'
2: offense and special teams. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, you've got Drew Brees back. You expect him to maintain a level of excellence that he always has, but the parts around him have adjusted a little bit, and can they rise to the occasion with him?
1: We'll also visit today with the owner of the Greenbrier and the man trying to spearhead recovery efforts here in White Sulphur Springs, Mr. Jim Justice.
3: Nicest thing in the world was the Saints right off the get-go said, we're coming, and that was really meaningful to me because I'm all in. I'm Saints all in, period, the end, end of game. But, you know, when you're hurting and somebody reaches out and says they're with you, it's meaningful. And on
1: this Tuesday, a very important visit from the president of the Saints and Pelicans, Dennis Lausche, to talk about the start of training camp, the state of the Pelicans offseason, and the possibility of All-Star being in New
4: Orleans in 2017. We began discussions with uh, NBA staff As this being a potential site. And again, none of this happened until after it was determined that the game would be moved from Charlotte.
1: Three great guests will get started with John DeShazier when we continue here on the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance
0: when it's blazing this summer, don't sweat it. Hydrate naturally with Smoothie King's new Summer Hydration Smoothies. Four refreshing flavors
1: specifically blended to help you beat the heat and stay in the game. Made with coconut water, fresh frozen fruits, and vitamin C, they hydrate better than water and have less sodium and more potassium than leading sports drinks. Try all four hydration smoothie flavors, watermelon, passion fruit peach, strawberry mango, and watermelon extreme. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose.
3: Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy Lineman and Safety Specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com.
0: welcome back to the black and blue report here's sean kelly and john de well
1: john the travel's complete we made it back to the greenbrier here to start training camp 2016.
2: uh yeah police uh obviously took a little bit of a beating from the flooding um we've seen some of the destruction and hopefully some of the repair hopefully we can be a part of some of that repair but uh right now they're in recovery mode as a community and um i think uh, the Saints organization can help in that standpoint just from uh, whatever hands we can put in to, to help with the recovery, but also just to, you know, give them a distraction, maybe uplift a few spirits by the team being here and giving them something to, to be proud of in the community.
1: You know, later today, you and Lane Murdoch, Ashley Amos, and the and the digital media crew for the New Orleans Saints are kind of going to go out and about today and, and video and talk to some of the folks about what they've been through. Are you, are you ready for that, John? And I don't mean to be tried by asking you that.
2: I don't think you're ever ready for it. I think we have more experience with it than most people because we've been through that kind of thing in New Orleans. So, you know, we will understand, I think, or we will sympathize more with what they're going through. So from that standpoint, I think we'll have a better understanding and a little bit more sympathy. But, you know, you never want to get to the point where you're accustomed to people going through uh, difficult times uh, because to me that means you're just a little bit callous and and you're really not – not sensitive enough to the situation and this is a situation where if nobody else in the world can be sensitive to new orleanians can be sensitive to because we understand exactly what's going on so it's one of those assignments where you know it's kind of necessary i'm not necessarily looking forward to it to be honest with you because you know you see a lot of hurt and a lot of anger and a lot of pain and you know it kind of helps or, or makes you relive some of the memories we had in new orleans and And, you know, let's let's face it, you know, Hurricane Katrina is one of those things that we kind of want to remember, but not really remember. (laughs) So from that standpoint, um, you know, I think we're as ready as anybody can be. But that being said, I don't think we're ready.
1: Football team arrives later today. They're going to spend some time in the community tomorrow before starting that full practice on Thursday. All right. We have to complete our uh, kind of our camp preview here. Yesterday, we talked about the Saints defense. Today, we need to kind of put forth some storylines regarding the Saints' offense and maybe a special teams' storyline or two. So let's start with the offensive side of the football. And, and and while it would seem, John, on most seasons to be somewhat of a broken record because number nine is there, um, there are a lot of intriguing storylines this year on the Saints' offense.
2: Well, nine gives you that consistency, so you know what you're going to get out of Drew Brees. But you know now for the first time he's missing two huge chunks of of. of Comfort that he's accustomed to having marcus colston the all-time leading receiver in franchise history although his play had declined obviously uh, he had some physical problems down the stretch uh, marcus colston was one of those security blankets brandon cook stepped in last year as the number one receiver willie sneed with a very capable number two brandon coleman's gonna have to be a good number three and mike thomas i think is ready to play i mean he He looks the part. He looks ready. Uh, Can R.J. Harris break through at receiver? So they've got a couple question marks there. Not huge, but, you know, when you're missing a guy like Marcus Colston, that's huge. Now, does some of that fall to Kobe Fleener at tight end, who's a huge target and a guy that they pursued in free agency, that they love the potential. So, you know, Kobe Fleener comes in at tight end. You retain Josh Josh um, Hill. You retain um, Michael Umana Nui. So you've got those two guys to back him up. So you've got some, some, some good things going there. At running back, can any of those, these guys stay healthy enough to piece together a complete season between them? And those guys being Mark Ingram, C.J. Spiller, Tim Hightower, who looks like he might be on this team and he might have to play a prominent role because of injury concerns. He was the guy who, you know, came to camp with the team last year, was cut on that last, you know, made the actually regular season roster, then had then got cut, came back later in the season, finished out the season really strong. And now I think they see what asset he is, especially when you have Mark Ingram and C.J. Spiller, who might get nicked up, might not be able to play the entire season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at that fourth running back spot. trevara's cadet who was lights out down the stretch last year. Marcus Murphy, who made the team as a, as a returner and, and a rookie last year, and that was his claim to fame. Uh, who's going to get that fourth spot between those two guys? And Daniel Lasco can't be counted out, you know, the, the seventh-round draft pick because he's a guy who specializes in special teams and not returning. He wants to go in and knock people out. So, you know, you always want to have one of those guys who's one who can play on every special teams unit. And then we move to the offensive line. What's going to happen there? Jari Evans, another one of those cornerstone guys for 10 years, uh, the second most decorated offensive lineman in franchise history. He's gone. Is he? He, he might, and, and that's it. Maybe he's not because maybe he's taking this time to kind of, you know, get his body back together because that was his problem. You know, he got nicked up. But if he's gone, then Andrews Pete steps in at right guard. Can he handle those duties? We think he can, but can he for real? Senio met steps in at left guard as a full-time starter for the first time in his NFL career. Can he handle that? Is Zach Streif going to be able to hold up at right tackle for the entire season? Because we know the last couple of years he's been a little bit nicked up. When he's played, he's played well, and they believe he can hold it down but is he going to be nicked up Teron Armstead, begins this offseason, begins this training camp on the, POP, on the PUP list. Maybe it's a soft tissue injury. We're not exactly sure what it is, but how soon can he get back? We know he's a top-level, obviously, left tackle. But the sooner he gets back, obviously, the better, because these guys have to build that cohesion. They built some during the offseason, but there's nothing like getting the cohesion together when you're playing against the New England Patriots in that um, dual practice, and the Houston Texans in that new, dual practice, and out here in some live action with some pads on as opposed to going through OTAs and mini camp, where, you know, you really can't get a good feel for what guys can do. We'll get a better feel for what those guys can do out here. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, you've got Drew Brees back you expect him to maintain a level of excellence that he always has but the parts around him have adjusted a little bit and can they rise to the occasion with him how big is this preseason slash training camp
1: for Garrett Grayson who was a third round pick at quarterback by the Saints a year ago
2: I would I think I could go so far as to say it might be a make or break um the spent the third round pick on him you want to see what you have um Luke McCown was the backup quarterback last year they I'm sure they like nothing better than Figueroa Grayson to beat him out because that would certainly you know justify picking him in the third round and give you a sense of maybe this is the guy for the future because you've got to find this thing out in a hurry I know Drew Brees says he wants to play till he's 40 or 45 or whatever let's just say this and let's be real father time's undefeated He's never been beaten, so at some point Drew's going to slow down, and at some point the Saints are going to need another quarterback. Can Garrett Grayson be that guy? Um, Certainly they're hoping so, so we will find that out, and hopefully we'll find out in this training camp because he's going to get a ton of snaps because there's no reason to try try Drew Brees out there. He knows the offense. He understands this. He's got cohesion with the the top guys. Garrett Grayson is the guy who's going to have to prove that he belongs
1: special teams sometimes gets lost we know how vitally important it is so therefore I'll ask you for a storyline or two um, about the Saints special teams as we head into a practice on Thursday.
2: Well, I better figure out what they're going to do at kicker whether it's going to be Kai Forbath or Con- Connor Barth. Uh, one of those guys is going to have to take that position by the by the throat and, and just grab it because you know they've been incons- the Saints have been inconsistent at kicker the last couple of years. That's something you want to fortify. You don't want a game to come down to needing a 45-yarder or a 50-yarder to win it and you're not exactly sure about the guy. So they, they're going to have to figure out which one of those guys best fits. Forbath finished out last year. Uh, Connor Barth was a pretty good kicker for Tampa Bay for several years. So, you know, the veteran guy might be able to come in and take the job away from Kai Forbath. We're going to see how that works out. Um, and certainly, you know, we've got to monitor Thomas Morstead who had an injury this season last year because Thomas Morstead is critical to what they do in special teams in terms of kickoffs. When he's kicking off and he's kicking it out of the end zone or so deep that the team can't return it, that gives you an advantage. None of those other guys can kick it as deep. And so you're putting guys at risk, not just you know, injury-wise. But now you're talking about having a return game. And if your special teams isn't quite up to par, you know maybe the, the opposition is beginning at your 28 all the time instead of at your 20. That's a huge difference. So is Thomas Morstead – Healthy enough to do that because he's getting a little bit older. Uh, Kicking off is a lot more violent on his body than is punting. So, you know, can he handle those duties again? We'll find that out. Uh, And the coverage units, do they have the proper guys in those coverage units? We mentioned Daniel Uh, Lasco. But can the rest of the guys, because you lost a couple of key guys in David Hawthorne, and also uh, Ramon Humber, two critical guys on special teams. Who are go- who's going to step in and fill those guys' spaces? You know, Roman Harper, who's come- who comes in as-, as a 10-plus year veteran, Roman says, hey, I'll-, I'll go play special teams. Yeah, but he hadn't had to play special teams in a long time, and that's one of those things where, you know, special teams is a lot of want. They have a lot of young, hungry guys, especially defensive backs, who should be able to help in those special teams units. But – Again, you know, it helps a whole lot when you don't have to return, when you don't, you know, when you got a punter like Thomas Moore said, who can give you the hang time to get down in the coverage situation, who can kick it out of the end zone on the kickoff. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the coverage units. And let's not forget the return guys. Um, again, last year, Marcus Murphy was the main return guy. He got injured. Travair's cadet came in and really did a nice job at the end of the season. Now, granted, there was nothing for Travair's cadet to lose. He came in off the street. The Saints were probably pretty much eliminated from the playoffs then, and he probably was given the mandate, hey, if if you feel like bringing it out, bring it out. But he was daring, and it looked really good. You want to see if that carries over to this season because, you know, he looked really good, and that's going to put some pressure on Marcus Murphy to be a return guy. Who's going to return punts for this team? You know, is it going to be – you know, C.J. Spiller, is it going to be Marcus Murphy? Is it going to be maybe Brandon Cooks? We're not exactly sure yet. And in cert- certain situations, we know when they want sure hands back there, it's Jarrett Bird who feels the pun inside the 10-yard line because he's got some of the best hands on the team. So, you know, what's going to happen in those situations? It will be interesting to see how that plays out too. So in a lot of situations with the Saints, you see some positions that are solidified, and yet there is a little bit just a, enough of an unknown to where it makes it intriguing. Oh, is there a long way to go. We covered the offense yesterday,
1: defense, and special teams today. And probably if we revisit this again next week, I bet our conversation is slightly different, if not wholly different, just because that's the nature of this time of year.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're at that time where somebody's going to jump up and do something spectacular and and, and put themselves into the conversation. We saw R.J. Harris here in the offseason and LTAs and minicamp throw his name into the conversation at wide receiver. Okay, great. Now, what is it going to look like with the pads on, and when they actually get a chance to maybe push guys around and bump them, and maybe hit them? Because I got a feeling this is going to be a little bit of—I've got a feeling I, I can't say for sure, and I don't know where it comes from, but I think this is going to be a little bit more of a chippy training camp. Mm-hmm. I think guys are going to be a little bit more on edge uh, because they're not happy with us back-to-back seven to nine seasons. So I think there's going to be some chippiness going on. Can R.J. Harris stand up to that? I'm really, really anxious to see what Mike Thomas does in a physical situation because he's a big, good-looking dude, and he looks like he can handle it. And I want to see him in some red zone situations because he's a big target. He's not afraid to get big. He's not afraid to go after the ball. And that's something you like to see. I want to see if Brandon Coleman – has grown a little bit more because last year he steps in, he takes that job as the number three receiver. But now he's a 6'6", 225-pound guy. He should be gold in the, in, in the red zone. I mean, he should be in those Jimmy Graham situations where Drew Brees looks at him and says, you know what, he's covered, but he's not covered. I'm going to throw it, and you've got to make a play for me. It's Kobe Fleener one of those guys also, Who a big target, six-six. So, you know, man, it's really intriguing. I'm really anxious to see how these guys adapt to one another. We're going to hear
1: all the terms here coming up. Um, High point the ball, catch radius, all those things coming back. It's that time of year. It's good stuff. John, all the best to you and the crew today. Um, I don't envy your position, but at the same time, I know you'll handle it great. And uh, I'll be anxious to uh, hear your stories tomorrow, that's for sure. And we'll visit with John tomorrow again as the Saints will uh, embark on the opening of training camp with uh, community service. And then on Wednesday night, head coach Sean Payton and general manager Mickey Loomis to address the media to officially open camp that's tomorrow night here in west virginia speaking of west virginia still to come we have a visit with jim justice he's the owner of the Greenbrier. you've heard from him before but he's also the man now spearheading the recovery efforts in white sulfur springs coming up next president of the saints and the pelicans dennis lawship a couple hot topics to cover with him in just a moment
2: Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes and ask how you can be a part of the action on center court. For more information and to book your group night, call 525 Hoop or visit Pelicans.com today.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance, and we continue not only from West Virginia today, but also from Studio B down in Metairie on Airline Drive, and that's where we find the president of the Saints and Pelicans, Dennis Lashue, who's been obviously with us before. But Dennis, it's always special when you're able to come on with us. Hello again.
4: Hey, glad to be here, Sean. Thanks for the invitation.
1: Absolutely, we've got a uh, we, we've got these moments where you join us, Dennis, and those usually mark um, important times on the calendar. And here we are about to start training camp 2016. So fittingly, you're in studio with us, and and, I, and I'm hoping that you can give us a, perhaps a little bit of a state of things and, and the readiness of this organization to to really fire it up with the start of training camp this week.
4: Well, you know, this time of the year is always a very special time. Everyone's very um, excited about the start of season. Everyone's very optimistic. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, most of the coaches and players have had some time off, and, and they're just um, you know snapping at the bit to want to come back to work. And uh, you know, as we speak, uh, you know, it's things are bustling around here, and um, and that's that you know that's that's what makes it a lot of fun. Um, there's a, like I said, a lot of optimism of the players. Um, you know, they had a, a very tough and hard um, um, off season of of working very hard. Um, I know all the uh, OTAs and all the workouts more um, more not only well attended I think uh, no one missed any time which is which is absolutely um fabulous and and, and a reflection of how committed uh, the players and staff and coaches and, and everyone is so um you know the the so the domino uh basically falls today and you know once the dominoes start to fall you can't stop it and um hopefully you know it ends uh, in a in the a Bowl um, victory. But, um, you know, like I said, it's, uh, the domino falls today and you strap yourself in and, and, uh, and you give it your all. And, um, uh, it's a lot of fun.
1: Dennis, what have, what have you observed or what is it, what has impressed upon you perhaps as a thought to getting away from the back-to-back seven and nine seasons? Are you optimistic about anything in particular?
4: Um, I'm very optimistic. I mean, um, uh, you know, I, it's uh, the same thing you hear, you've heard all off-season. I mean, we, we have a very um, potent offense, and we have improvement on defense. And um, you know, we're I'm you know real excited about that. Um, and um, like I said, I, I think you know there's been some co- there's some changes that uh, we've seen in player personnel, some changes we've seen on the coaching side. And, of course, um, what most people don't say, see is some changes on the, on the staff side and scouting and, and whatnot, and, you know, I think it's all um, uh, the right formula um, for, you know, a winning, a winning team and a winning organization, so I'm excited about that.
1: There seems to be a different feeling around the building, um, and I don't know if that's a chip on the shoulder or, as you mentioned, a culture change in itself. Uh, would, you, would you agree with that, and, and does, that then, um, does that then cross over to the business side of the operation too?
4: you know i'll say this and i don't want this to be a cliche in any in any way shape or form but there is a a desire to win the super bowl i mean a a unquenchable desire to win the super bowl particularly after you have done it and um it's it's either winning or nothing else and um You know, we we in the organization really, really want to win, obviously, and really want to focus on winning and doing the right things to win. And, um, you know, I mean, you you focus on that, and at the end of the day, that's the ultimate goal, and we talk about that. We never want to lose sight of that's what the goal is for both organizations. And, um, yes, it does translate to the the, uh, business operations. Um, You know, we want to do everything that we can to support A winning organization on the business side and then you know we want to do everything we can to have our own wins um you know whether that be customer service or ticket service or sponsor service or you know whatever it may be um we want to have our wins there so
1: dennis lasha with us here on the black and blue report dennis what's what is the celebration of 50 years of saints football going to be like for this season
4: well it's very exciting and uh it's particularly exciting for me just because you know being a local who grew up here and, and and really um rehashing some of the memories um have been have been a lot of fun in this off season and, and so um uh, together with our digital department and, and 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 sponsorship department and marketing department and many 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 others throughout the organization um you know we have been um, somewhat reliving the past and and wanting to relive uh, those special moments um, with the fans as well, and uh, we have a number of things that are set up uh, for the fans to participate in over the next couple of months to reflect on our 50 years. and I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. and There's been a very renewed effort, I would say, in our organization. And, and Sean, I think you've seen this particularly in your role, where we really have wanted to go back and and embrace those within the, those players who are within the organization going back the last 50 years. And, and that's twofold. I mean, one, um, we think it's important to remember our past. We think it's important to embrace those alumni. Um, but there's another reason for it too. Um, we, we think if we can bring um, those alumni back under the tent, um, we can offer a better fan experience. Uh, to our our fans. Um, We think we can help the alumni. Um, You know, there's a lot of discussion this day and age about um, alumni health. And, um, you know, there are an enormous amount of programs that the NFL have out there. And we have to do our best to make sure that these alumni can participate in these programs. And and a lot of them are obviously health related. Um, Some um, whether it's a, a physical health um, issue or whether it's a mental health issue or, or whether um, it's it's another topic um, we really want to um, you know participate with them and try and try to help them in uh, in any way that we can because at the end of the day um, as has been said so many times and certainly something I believe very strongly in you know they are the foundation of you know the success that we that we have today and um, you know that those aren't just words; those are that's the truth, and, and we have to make sure we follow through on our actions in those areas. And so, um, again, it's been it's been a lot of fun talking to the alumni. It's been a lot of fun talking to our fans that have been here for many many years, particularly um, you know the fans that have had season tickets for 50 years. Um, I was just last weekend celebrating a dinner with someone who has been a 50-year season ticket holder, and uh, you know they were very proud of that fact and explained. The story of you know why they decided to buy Saint season tickets and how how and what it meant to uh, to the community community at that time, um, you know I, I it's I, I feel good that a lot of those reasons why people invested 50 years ago, we're still uh, we're still providing those same reasons to continue to invest with us now, so.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a season full of amazing stories and, and uh, Dennis a season full of some exciting games. The schedules is a dynamite one. Uh, for Saints fans, are, is there a particular game or event this season that you've uh, that you've got uh, maybe circled that intrigues you more than any other? Uh, th-
4: no, <laughs> they're all very intriguing, to be honest okay. with you. And uh, as I said, once that first domino falls, it's uh, you know you you sort of get into the season, and, and every game is is so important. Now, obviously, um, you know playing Atlanta, um, having our alumni game, um, all of those games are going to be very important. Yeah, the first preseason game is going to be very important and uh, because we'll be rolling out our, our gigantic video boards. So there's been a lot of time and effort um, spent this off-season installing and programming and practicing um, uh, the new, the new um, presentation on the video boards. And um, I'm real anxious to see how our fans uh, respond to that. And uh, again, you know, we're going to have the biggest video boards in any indoor arena. I think in the world, certainly in America, at least uh, for a while before some new stadiums are built. So um, yeah, they're, they're about as big as they possibly can be. Um, and I think our fans are going to respond and enjoy it.
1: Very cool. Dennis, let's talk some basketball. Um, your thoughts on the Pelicans offseason, good, bad, or indifferent at this point?
4: Uh, uh, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm biased, obviously. I think it's been good. I think it's not over. I think we still have some things that uh, – well, I know some things that Dale and Mickey are working on. Um so again too early to tell. Um obviously um very happy with the draft. Um, um I think our summer league performance um some players did some really neat things that can uh, that we can work on and obviously very optimistic uh, that our players are working hard this off season to improve. So um I think we're certainly headed in the right direction. Um again just as with the Saints um you know winning is important. Um, we obviously want to get back to the playoffs as soon as we can i think everybody in the organization understands that very clearly um and um hopefully um we'll do that this year um we we have done i know mickey has worked very hard with dell and others um with some uh, personnel changes um both on on the basketball side obviously and on on some staff um some staff changes as well and i think there's more to come and um again i'm 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 really excited that uh, that um, we're going to have an improved season this year.
1: Is there a way to gauge uh, the energization, if you will, of a fan base, uh, and where would you say that falls right now on the Pelican side and the city of New Orleans and the basketball fan base? Are things where they need to be, or as you mentioned, winning, which does so many good things, uh, is winning the next step in 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 making this you know an incredible experience again.
4: Well, uh, winning is the only step, right, in many respects. Um, You know, we have to win. We understand that we have to win. Um, Certainly, I know uh, the folks on the basketball understand it's a very loud and clear message that, um, you know, we have to to win in order to be relevant. Um, We have a a particular uh, more difficult challenge, in my opinion, in this market. Um, just because of the popularity of football, um, we have to make sure if we're going to be relevant, we have to win. Uh, if we want fan support, we're going to have to win. I mean, there are, there, there are a number of things that we can do to encourage uh, folks to get out and buy tickets. Um, and we like to think that we accomplish and do many of those things, if not all those things, and always looking to do more things to, for folks to buy tickets, uh, whether that's price, customer service, uh Uh, entertainment at the games experience but we all know that we have to have a a good product on the court and uh, that never gets overlooked and um sure we have to continue to work with that but having said that you know there are things that we're doing uh in this community within the region to really push basketball continue to put basketball um front of mind uh for fans um we're going to be probably uh, very shortly here announcing uh, a couple of partnerships with some youth basketball programs to even push it even further but uh we know that if a kid picks up basketball and plays basketball at some point in his uh life or her life um there is a extraordinary extraordinarily good chance upwards of 80% that that child's going to participate or go to an NBA basketball game and so Um, we, we have to put basketballs in kids' hands and, um, and, um, we have to get people excited about basketball and, uh, and, uh, we're doing that locally. Um, we're doing that internationally. Uh, as you know, we're headed to China this year. Um, and we were one of the teams, um, that were encouraged to go to China because of some of the star power we have on our team and, um, we continue to see, um, good growth um, in, from our digital side and from our uh, viewing side, television side, from our international fans. And uh, we'll continue to push that and grow that. And if for no other reason, we think it's important to the city of New Orleans to continue to have that uh, New Orleans flag waved so the rest of the world knows um, that we're here and we're open for business and we're a good, vibrant city and uh, entertaining city. And uh, both the, 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 the club as well as the city you know, can show its relevance uh, on, a, uh, on a global stage. So we'll continue to push that as well.
1: Along those lines, um, I have to ask you about All-Star and the possibility that New Orleans would be hosting the All-Star game in early 2017. Dennis, is there anything that you can share about the validity of this, the process in itself, and where things stand at this point?
4: Sure. Uh, well, you know, um, as was announced by the NBA and Adam Silver, um, the game will be moved out of uh, out of Charlotte. And um, let me let me first say, um, you know, this league is is very very committed, as well as this organization, this team is very committed to diversity. And we certainly understand and support um, why the, why the commissioner uh, did what it did, and why the NBA did what it did. Um, having said that, I, I also think it's important to point out in, uh, the work. That uh, Michael Jordan, as well as um, his entire staff, uh, did um, to try to keep the game in Charlotte and work with the local officials and other governmental officials um, to uh, to do again do what the organization they could do to uh, to um, wor- you know work in the diversity area and ensure that the game um, can 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 stand stay there. Um, when it was determined that it looked like it it would it was going to be moved, well, you know, an interesting thing is you know discussions on whether or not you're having Super Bowls or Final Fours or All Star games they they don't happen uh, once every couple of years. It's a continuing dialogue um, and uh, almost a continuing lobby effort, if you will, with uh, the NFL, the NBA, with the NCAA or whomever it is. And so we have a very open dialogue with the folks at the NBA as it relates to um, the All-Star game. And um, obviously they had to look at other options and we were one of those options. And uh, we began discussions um, with uh, NBA staff as this being a potential site. And um, again, none none of this happened until after it was determined that the game would be moved uh, from Charlotte. Um, Again, um, the NBA wanted to give uh, Charlotte the full opportunity um, um, to make choices uh, that, so that the game could stay there, but when it was determined that that would not be possible, um, you know, we we ramped up our efforts, and uh, I have to, you know, um, certainly uh, um, give props, if you will, to uh, Jay Cicero and uh, and Steve Perry and all of the hotel operators and and uh, and the folks at SMG and everyone who's been working um really long hours in the last uh couple of weeks um on trying to pull together um you know a bit if you will um on making it work here in new orleans i mean it is a gigantic lift it is a gigantic responsibility to try to pull all of this stuff together in such a very short time and to do it you know on on if you look at the calendar um we're talking about a time that's um, that's uh, right right near Mardi Gras. And so um, and obviously conventions are booked and obviously there are other things that are booked in the city. So it's a it's a very heavy lift. And uh, certainly everyone is pulling in the same direction. And we're trying to, um, you know, you know, create every opportunity that we can so we can host the game. And at the end of the day, it's going to be up to the NBA on whether or not um, it all can work out for them. But You know i could i could tell you that mr benson mrs benson the entire organization is doing everything that we can um jay cicero and his group and as i said all the other folks are doing everything that they can in order to pull this off and and we think it's important for the city we think it's important for our organization i mean it's important in so many areas i mean um not to rehash but you know a few minutes ago i was talking about how important it is that we you know have basketball accepted in this community i tell you when you have all-star games and it's on in the forefront of everyone's mind. Again, you know, it's important that basketball is out there in our community, as well as the long litany of other reasons why having such games are so important. Whether it's economic development or or whatever it may be, um, you know, we're we're excited to to have the potential to host the game.
1: Would you Would you care to comment on the media reports that that say that New Orleans is the front runner or it's their game to lose at this point?
4: Uh, I, would, I, I I have to be honest with you, I don't know if that's true or not, to be perfectly honest okay. with you. Um, you know, again, all I can do and all I can tell you is that we're real focused on on, on trying to meet all the specs that we know and are important to the NBA so that we can deliver um, the best uh, all-star game um, experience that we can to, to the NBA, its fans, its sponsors, and everything else. Um, you know, I'm, I read the same thing that everyone else reads, that there are other cities that are competing for it, but again as everyone knows who's ever listened to this show and hear me talk, I'm extraordinarily biased towards New Orleans. I, I, I certainly think that, uh, that there's no other city, no other community, and uh, no one who has the infrastructure that we have to pull this off uh, in this short amount of time. Um, again, having the Sports Foundation, having the um, CVB, having uh, SMG and L S C D and having the club all working so closely together Um, We take that for granted in this city, uh, but there are structures that don't exist in other towns that can pull off um, events this quickly um, if you don't have that type of structure so and those types of relationships. So, um, again, I think that gives us a decided advantage over other markets. However, that in no way, shape, or form um, automatically indicates that uh, we're a front runner or uh, it's ours to lose or anything else. We still have to perform.
1: When do you think, uh, Dennis, the NBA would be able to make a decision on this?
4: Uh, not sure. Uh, again, uh, all I could say is that, um, you know, we, there's a, a tremendous amount of information. There's a tremendous amount of, of, um, of, of, of review that has to, that has to happen. Um, we certainly are, are doing everything that we can and everything that's being requested of us. We are providing the league um, as quickly as we can, and, um, and, and we'll see how, how you know they're on their um, obviously they're on their schedule um, with regards to re- reviewing. But uh, we're trying to turn around every request as quickly as we possibly can, um, and, uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll see how long it takes. Obviously, the NBA knows, and, and so do we, and, and, and every other community that's participating in this. The sooner the better, just because of the, the um, you know, the time, I mean, it's a very um, short time frame. I mean, this is going to be on us very quickly. So um, I know they want to get that decided, and, and we want to know so we can you know, start shifting resources and assets to, to make this a successful game. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. No question.
1: Dennis, as, as has become our custom um, as we wrap up our visits here on Black and Blue Report, I, I open the microphone up to you. Is there anything that I have forgotten to ask? Is there anything that's been left on the table that we need to uh, – Put forth to the fans.
4: No, I, you know, every, you know, when you ask that question, I always have a, a little bit of a particular pride in being able to answer and say that, you know, we got some good things to look forward to. And um, I would tell you, we, we, we certainly have some neat things to look forward to, uh, highlighted by the the big boards that that we're going to have. Um, that's probably probably the on the football side. That's going to be the biggest. Um, the biggest thing that you'll see, uh, the some of the other things, uh, a bit smaller, but um, you know, I, I think our, our fans um, will appreciate this and enjoy it. Is um, is uh, well, the 400 level suites have all been renovated, uh, which which will be nice. Um, um, that was uh, be, besides us putting the boards in and contributing money for the boards. That was also um, part of our contribution as well to upgrade the suites. Um, which, by the way, and talking about attracting super bowls um that was one of the areas that we thought were real important uh, with regards to our next bid is having those suites renovated but uh, so 400 level um suite participants or um uh season ticket holders and um uh, fans will will enjoy that um we're gonna we're also um, as we did on the basketball side we're really taking a good focus on branding the superdome um to make it look more saying to more of a home field advantage particularly in the gates and, uh, and and concession stands and other concourse areas, uh, which will I think overall give the building a much um, a better feel, uh, which which will be kind of neat. And the other thing, um, I just keep an eye out for some of these 50th anniversary um, uh, um, things we're doing. We uh, we have uh, we have a couple. It's too early to announce, but there 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 are three big events that. Uh, that I think are going important. Uh, one's going to highlight uh, the, the day we got the team and uh, where we were when we did that. Another's going to highlight, uh, hopefully, where the first game was played. And then and then, lastly, one's going to really highlight um, uh, our, our fans that have been with us for uh, season ticket holders that have been with us for 50 years. And um, uh, those three events will be announced um, shortly, but uh, they're, they're going to be a lot of fun. On the basketball side, um, uh, you know i would I would tell you we're continuing to um, brand the building, make upgrades where we see uh, fit and um uh we're working right now on a on a um on a uh, plan to highlight all the high school basketball programs in the state in the arena uh by hanging um all the high school jerseys and uh we're trying to find a place to do that we think that would be really neat. Um, so we can, like I said, highlight all the basketball programs, uh, in one place. And, um, I'm not sure if that's been done and really focus on the, the teams that have won the championships, um, you know, each year. Um, so that's one of the highlights that we're looking at, uh, in the arena. And again, there's a lot more branding, a lot more fun stuff to come. So, uh, you know, um, next time we talk maybe we'll have more but <laughs> but that that's where we stand right now
1: it's always an enjoyable visit it's always an enlightening visit and uh, it never ceases to amaze me dennis how many things we end up talking about so yeah. thank you as always <laughs> and enjoy the start of training camp at the very start here
4: oh thank you i'll see you in west virginia in a couple days perfect right. there he is president
1: right. of the uh, pelicans and the saints dennis lasha with us here on the black and blue report we'll continue here from the green briar right for this
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.
1: Jim Justice has been with us before. Of course, he's the owner of the Greenbrier Resort, where the Saints will reside for the third straight training camp. And uh, Mr. Justice is also, I'm gathering the man that might be... I'm just Jim. Fair enough, fair enough. Jim might be also the guy that's really spearheading a lot of the recovery efforts here in White Sulphur Springs after a hellacious summer. We'll talk more about that in a moment. First of all, great to see you, sir. It's good to be back
3: here in West Virginia. Well, it's great to have the Saints back, and uh, we're all excited and everything and looking for a new day, and, and uh, everybody's going to be treated the very, very best. And, and, you know, I'm sure that Coach Payton and Mickey and Mr. Benson and everybody are really going to dial in, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to just hope and pray that uh, in every way, shape, form, and fashion that uh, – the team is, remains healthy and, and, and is prosperous in the days to come.
1: Hope springs eternal for all NFL teams this time of year, so I'm with you on that. You know, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but it seems like time flies. It's hard to believe for me that we're starting our third camp here.
3: I know. Well, it's it's impossible for me to believe. You know, I said earlier, you know, it, and this is the, the straight skinny is, you know, first you believe in Santa Claus, then you don't before you know it, you are Santa Claus. And, uh, and so, so the long and the short of it is, you know, it, time does go and it goes very quickly. And, uh, and, and we're just blessed in all in, in every way to have every day. And so, so we'll just keep at it. As far as the facility goes
1: it, over these three years now, since you put the vision forth and built the place, has the, has the facility and what it's become lined up with what you thought it may be a couple of years into us into its existence?
3: Well, I think so. I mean, you know, we, uh, we built the facility for the saints uh the facility is, is terrific i mean that's all there is to it it's got it's got great locker rooms it's got great weight rooms and all that kind of stuff and training rooms and meeting rooms and everything. The outdoor fields the the natural turf fields are spectacular i mean you could actually go out on them and putt a golf ball and uh and so and and the artificial turf field is great too so so uh it it's just exactly what the Saints or an NFL team needs from the standpoint of you know I'm a coach I know a little bit about this stuff and and what you need to be able to do is dial in and focus really focus on what you're doing improve and really focus without distractions and that facility is set all to itself you know this is not you know this is not going to be a circus with you know with people bothering them and everything else they're dialed into what they're doing, and that's and that's good.
1: Was there any doubt as to whether the Saints would be able to train here this year because of the recent flood?
3: Well, you know, in, in all honesty, when it first happened, the flood, you know, everybody's focus was on trying to save lives, you know, trying to do what they could to house people because, you know, people lost their homes, all their possessions. It was – you know a mini katrina a, a big katrina for our area and a thousand year flood and so the saints situation had to be moved to the background at least for a few days but but really the the facility is on high and dry ground and there was there was never any doubt in my mind you know that uh that we could you know that we could we could surely get the green bar back up and running now we're limping a little bit i mean you know that's just all is to it but uh but it's going to be that way for a while. I mean, 3 out of 4 of our golf courses we completely lost. And uh and it'll take a year to get them back. And we got all kinds of other issues and all kinds of other problems, but we'll deal with that. You know, we just uh first and foremost, we had to deal with the people and then and then after the first few days, you know, I, I knew we could we could get this thing situated where we could have the Saints back. And the, and the nicest thing in the world was the Saints right off the get-go said, "We're coming. We're committed. We're coming." And that was really meaningful to me because I'm all in. I'm I'm saints all in. Period. The end. End of game. But uh, but you know when you're hurting and somebody reaches out and says they're with you, it's meaningful.
1: What kind of stories have emerged from the devastation here? I know there's been a, a toll even on the employees of this facility
3: well it's an unbelievable toll and you know i couldn't i couldn't magnify the toll anymore but to just say this there's a little beautiful 14 year old girl her name's michaela phillips and we still can't find her you know she's she's swept away in the water i think her brother was trying to hold on to her couldn't hold her we can't find her and you know we still hope and pray every day that some way somehow she's hit her head, has amnesia or something like that, some miracle will happen and she's alive, but but even if not, we'd surely like to just find her. And uh, every day I come to work, every single day, I drive slow and I look and I pray that some way, somehow I could see her. You know, first and foremost, would love to find her alive, but secondly, if I could just see her and just walk over and take my coat if she has passed and put it over and then just wait for help. But uh but I from the it just kills me. It just plain kills me. And uh and so there's there's story after story after story like that and the people of the area and West Virginians are res- resilient and they're good people, they're loving people, they're appreciative people, and we'll be okay. You know, uh but it's gonna you know, it's it's always gonna be a scar and we always should remember it. We'll we've started back and to have the people back here and have have them back at work is really important and uh and and the recovery process has started and we'll be okay it's interesting
1: you and i have visited several times you've always drawn a parallel to the people of louisiana and the people of west virginia citing their similarities in toughness and generosity of heart and everything else and then this happens um I just i can't get over the conversations that we've had where you've drawn those parallels and now they share a disastrous situation as well
3: well you know it 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 is ironic you know that's to to say the very least and uh but it, it there is so many parallels you know that we've talked about and now you know we're we're bounded to hip you know with one another and so because we we do share in a in a disaster of epic proportion, you know, not to the level of Catr- Katrina, you know, because we've we've lost twenty some lives and everything. And Katrina was it was magnified by the Gazillions more than that, and uh, but at the same time, uh, for our neck of the woods, the biggest catastrophe that I have ever ever in, in you know faced in any way.
1: If folks listening to this, whether it be in Louisiana or anywhere else in this country, feel um, feel inspired to help, what's the best way, Jim?
3: Well, they could go online and look at a thing that we established. And, you know, we did this before the golf tournament. The golf tournament was coming over the 4th of July. And I came up with this really neat idea. I said, yeah, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll start this campaign, and, and we'll call it Neighbors Loving Neighbors. And actually, I think even my wife said, you know, why don't you have everybody that's coming to the golf tournament bring a can of food? Because we've got a lot of people in the state that are still really hurting and need employment and everything else. So we'll have everybody bring a can of food. And uh, and and we expected just under 300,000 to come to the golf tournament. And so. It was a big deal, you know. We thought, and we'll build a giant mountain of cans of food in the front lobby of the hotel, and everything, and everybody will celebrate that, and then we'll distribute it to the food banks. And then all of a sudden, boom, the flood ha- happens, and everything. And so, neighbors loving neighbors was established for the cans of food. But now, we've we've taken donations from everywhere. The 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 amount of money's grown into the millions, and and what we're doing is is we're Passing money out and and trying to help people rebuild their homes and buy furnishings for their homes and just the simple things as the refrigerator and uh, And so if people do hear this and want to give I'd appreciate if they'd go online Look up the Greenbrier find neighbors loving neighbors and then and then they can one thing you can count on with this There won't be one cent of administrative money taken out of every last dollar go to help these people
1: Good effort. Absolutely. By the way, you're running for governor of this state. Give me an idea what it's like to run for the highest office in any state. This is obviously a has been an interesting experience, I would imagine.
3: Well, it has. I mean, you know, it a lot of people ask me, "Why in the world are you running for governor, Justice? And what in the world are you doing? And then have you lost your mind and everything?" And and this the answer is really simple. I genuinely do care about our state it bothers me to my soul that we're 50th in too many things and uh and i really really believe that i can help and i've got i'm doing it for the right reasons i'm not doing it for anything whatsoever for me it's a pain in the butt in a lot of ways and everything but it's good too that you are able to to see people and see their need and you know you in your heart you can really help and uh and so i hope it works out and everything but if it doesn't that'll be okay too you know, uh, I do really think I can help, but uh, but it's been a it's it's been an interesting process, that's for sure. I'm not a real politician, you know. I don't really care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. All I care about is people in this country that want to help. You know, we are t- divided in too many ways, and whether it be black, white, rich, poor, all the different ways we could d- be divided, and that drives me crazy. But uh, but you know, the long and the short of it is, you know, uh, it has been interesting.
1: I can only imagine. Something you'll write about, I'm sure, down the road. You hope, perhaps, as governor of the state of West Virginia. With that being said, on behalf of the New Orleans Saints, thanks again for having us and for your hospitality as always. I hope that we're not a distraction. I hope that maybe some way our, our presence here will be a little bit of a lift during a hellacious summer.
3: Well, you're anything but a distraction, and you're an incredible lift, and we are so thankful that you're here, and we just want you to have the greatest camp, And we want a Super Bowl win. Somehow, somehow, some way, I want a Super Bowl ring. I am with you wholeheartedly, hook, line, and sinker. And that's what I want to see happen. Jim Justice, owner of the Greenbrier. Thanks again. Back in a moment.
0: Two of rock's most iconic names join forces: Leonard Skinner, Peter Frampton. Together in concert. Friday, August 5th, Boltsphere Music at Champion Square. Playing all the hits. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 800 745 3000.
2: Gatorade. For athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future.
1: Have a a once-in-a-lifetime experience at a New Orleans Pelicans home game. Get up close and personal with seats that put your feet on the hardwood and sit you within arm's length of NBA superstars. Pelicans floor seats are now available and come with access to private hospitality during the game, plus invitations to exclusive team and premium events. It's the best way to experience NBA action. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com and score your seats today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. That'll do it for us today on the Black and Blue Report here from West Virginia. Hope you enjoyed our visits. Uh, Again, thanks to Jim Justice, Dennis Lawsher, John DeShazer today. We're going to talk more basketball tomorrow uh, as Solomon Hill problems. Our guest on the Black and Blue Report will also uh, continue to get you ready for training camp 2016. Practice starts on Thursday. The team arriving obviously later today, and we'll uh, preview tomorrow's activities during the podcast as well, which does include uh, press conferences from Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis, both of which will be streamed live on NewOrleansSaints.com. Don't forget to go to NewOrleansSaints.com and sign up to be a Saints insider. More on that particular program with uh, Doug Tatum tomorrow. He'll give us all the details and all the benefits of becoming a Saints Insider. Don't let that delay you. You can go ahead and do so today. You'll start to see that exclusive content uh, for Saints Insiders uh, through that channel uh, later on here from the Greenbrier this afternoon. That'll do it for us. Daniel Sandlerson in Studio B. My name's Sean Kelly. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.